The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Dear listeners, you are tuned in to Inspire FM 105.1. My name is Ismail and you are listening to the Welcome to Islam show. Today, inshallah, we are going to play a webinar that was arranged by Islamwise and it was titled Pressures of Being a New Muslim. The speakers of the webinar was Brother Gabriel Al-Rumani, who was previously a guest in our show as well, and Sister Amanda Morris. So I hope you uh, enjoyed the content of the webinar, inshallah. So without further delay, let's go ahead and listen to it. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم علمنا ما نفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما السلام عليكم everyone I hope you're all well الحمد لله we begin as always in the name of Allah the most gracious most merciful and زاك الله خير تسلم وايس for inviting me to do this seminar and I think they know and they understand how um, how close this topic is to my heart uh, mainly because i am a convert revert whatever you might have you whichever name you want to choose and i became muslim 15 years ago and uh, <laughs> every day is, is a struggle you know every day is still a struggle because the war with shaitan doesn't stop a lot of people think that um, it's okay you know i'm i'm i mean i i i found islam and it's all fine good alhamdulillah you know it's been a long struggle and i found islam and now i'm going to have some kind of a uh, you know almost like a cruise control ride where i'm going to just enjoy life and that's not true Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in Surah Al-Kabut, and I, I do recommend that when I cite something that you try to either write it down or go check it out. So we can always have some reference point and you know, revisit some of the things that we said, uh, specifically because it makes more impact when you, when you read it yourself. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, an yutraku an Do people think they will be left alone on saying we believe and they'll not be tested? Indeed, Allah says that He has tested the people before and He wanted to show people who is truthful and who is lying. So, if you are a new Muslim joining this webinar, um, open up your heart, open up your ears. Try to understand so that you could help others. You can help yourself. You can understand these issues because the objective of speaking here today is not just to feel bad for new Muslims. You know, the whole new Muslim card becomes old after some time. I'm not a new Muslim anymore. I should be ashamed of myself to call myself a new Muslim. I use it only for the purpose of identifying when I talk about these issues. Because 15 years after I became Muslim, 2003, it's almost 16 years now. 
Um, you're just a Muslim. You are someone who submits to Islam. Till today, people, when they see me, white man, in a Muslim land, they come to me just last night, every day almost, in the masjid. Where are you from? Okay, Romania. Are you a new Muslim? <laughs> I said, I'm an old Muslim. <laughs> um, and I am an old Muslim. It's been uh, yeah, almost 16 years. So, But I'm a convert, revert at some point, but I am a Muslim now. So all this so-called new Muslim label um, has to go at some point. I'll tell you why. Because, see, the shaitan, the way he works, and he doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to necessarily fall into shit right away because that's too apparent, you know, it would be very difficult. And most people, like myself, when they realize that Islam is the truth, that's the one thing that you, you're worried about the most, right, to fall into shirk. So you're not going to do that. You're going to be very careful what, would you, what you do and what you, you know, what you think and how you think and, and so on. So the shaitan will try to get you to, to doubt yourself, to have problems. Um, He's going to try to extend you on this whole new Muslim thing. And so you don't join the Ummah. So you don't become a proper Muslim. So you're not fully integrated into the society. So you're just like always going to go year by year, say, I'm a new Muslim. I feel bad for myself. I'm not good or, you know, these problems and I can't solve it, blah, 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 and whatnot. You understand what I'm saying? So that's something that you got to be uh, aware of. Because if not, you're not going to be able to participate in Zuma. And the, prop, the, the objective of becoming a Muslim, the objective of, of being a Muslim is that you contribute to this Ummah, that you change something about yourself and about the, your surroundings and so on. So... If you can't do that, the shaitan is somehow one, okay? He's paralyzed you. And we're going to talk a little bit about the what I call the new Muslim paralysis. Let me just adjust my camera for a second. One minute. All right. So we're going to talk about this new Muslim paralysis. You know, I'm a new Muslim. I need help. Blah, blah, blah. Boo, hoo, hoo. I don't feel good, uh, you know. Let me cry for myself and let everyone cry for me. And I know a lot of people will be like, what are you talking about? You don't know the issues that we're facing. And so I do know the issues. I'm probably one of the ones who know the issues more than many people because I've dedicated my life to this. And I've seen people coming to Islam with me, without me, with others. And I've seen the same people leave Islam. And that's so painful and that's so scary because... SubhanAllah, to lose your Iman is one of the worst things that can happen to you. Wallahi, lose your life before you lose your Iman. Lose your anything, all your money, everything. But losing your Iman is paramount to eternal destruction. Sadly, brothers and sisters, because today 
especially with social media and the West. I'm a Westerner. I don't, you know, I'm from the West. I live in the Muslim countries. I've been living in the Muslim countries for the past 10 years, decade. Um, I've learned their languages. I learned their cultures. I learned their ups and downs. And the truth is that the we are in a world where the non-Muslims have the lingua franca, it's English. The non-Muslims have are the ones who create cultures where not the Muslims are not. The Muslims are consuming these cultures. They are ingesting them and practicing them. And it's affecting our faith, of course. So we are made to believe that Islam is just another religion amongst religions. Good for you that you become Muslim. Let me pat you on the back. You know, and good job. You know, a lot of the Muslim, a lot of the non-Muslims will be like, "Wow, you become Muslim? That's good for you. Good job." You know, I'm Buddhist or something. Let's hold hands and have a nice life. And I'm not saying that you should disrespect people. I'm not saying that you should. Uh, you shouldn't have some kind of dialogue and so on. But in the end of the day, in the in the Islam, indeed. The way with Allah, the truth is Islam. If we don't believe that, if we haven't internalized that, if we haven't rationalized that, that this is the truth and this is it, there's nothing else. If we've been convinced by the, again, social media, the culture, pluralistic you know, approach, that it's okay. There's others. I mean, we're, alhamdulillah, it's our personal struggle. And it's our personal path. And there's others who have their paths. And let us all just chill, you know. If we're in that situation, then I think we need to review where we stand. Because Islam is not about, it's not about some kind of spiritual exercise or religious exercise. So you can feel good and you know, you've, you've tried something different. Well, Islamic school, you know, because it's really like hip and, you know, the Arabs are really cool and, or whatever, the Indians, Pakistanis, and it's, it's like something that attracts me. It's a culture that I've, you know, you know how it is today. People like culture hop. They like the different things, you know, they are not like them. And that's not what Islam is all about. So we need to first and foremost understand what do we want with Islam? Before we can even talk about the challenges, is that where do we stand on Islam? Where is my, what does my Iman tell me? I mean, who am I? Am I really a Muslim? Do I really believe in Islam? I'm not questioning you, Yani. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is questioning you. Because he says, so that he may show who were the truthful and who were not. Who is just saying, yeah, let me check it out. Let me see what Islam is cool. You know, today, sisters, they like hijab. SubhanAllah, I know people keep talking about, you know, hijab, hijab, hijab. You know, it's so difficult. There's a lot of movements in the West that the sisters think or the ladies think that hijab is something fashionable. You find them using scarves. And even in Eastern Europe, I know a lot of women, you know, they'll be wearing long dresses and scarves. And they think it's like feminine. And I think it's, it's, it's sexy. So um, a lot of people are just like, you know, I remember in, uh, in the Bronx, in, in New York, 
the brothers, you know, because African-American culture is quite popular in, in the United States, of course, because the, you know, because of uh, um, social media, because of, of, of rap and, and R&B and so on. And subhanAllah, the non-Muslims started developing some of the culture that they used to see in the Bronx from the Muslims, you know, wearing the short thobe and even the Philly beard. Okay, it's become a fashion. So bottom line is, my question to you and to myself is, like, are we really convinced with our faith? Are we really here where we want to be? Are we really into Islam because we believe in Islam? If we answer no, then, or we're doubtful, then we need to review our, our options and our, not our options, but our choices, what we've done and why. And we need to fix that as soon as possible because we're, you know, it's, it's an issue. If we say, yes, I believe, I've struggled, I believe in this, then, then there, we can open up the next chapter, which is the struggles, the pressures that we will face as new Muslims. And the reality is, I mean, I remember the first year when I became Muslim. It was so beautiful. Let's start from that. It was so beautiful because... It's like amazing, you know, it's like you just discovered the most beautiful thing in your life. It liberates you because of the previous struggle, you find you're searching, you're looking for truth. You're you spent so I spent years, years fighting none other than myself. Forget about everyone else that I fought with. But the biggest fight was within myself of finding God. What is the truth? I mean. God was always there for me. I always felt that Allah subhanahu was in my life. <clears throat> but I knew that I was not doing what I'm supposed to do. God was always doing what he's supposed to do. You know, sometimes I feel like God is not there. I don't. God is always there, man. You guys have to understand. Allah is always there. Allah never left you. Allah never left us alone for one minute. You know, the food that you put in your mouth as a kafir or as a Muslim, you know? Wa rahmatullahi wa kulli The mercy of Allah encompasses everything. I felt God throughout my whole life, crossing the street, sometimes getting into trouble, the good and the bad. At every point, I felt that Allah was there. But the problem was, Allah was doing everything that he is, <laughs> you know, the best. The question was, was I doing my best? And that's where the, <clears throat> that's where the, the journey started, right? To find the truth. What do I have to do to, to give God back? You know, because, I mean, Allah has given us everything, everything. So what are we doing? You know, most people today, they don't even say thank you. And that's what Allah SWT says. Very few, very, very, very few actually thank Allah subhanahu wa Very few. And how do you think of Allah? Oh, thank you, God? No, it's not about that. Yes, saying it is important. But even more, it's showing, doing the right thing. Displaying your obedience to Allah subhanahu wa through your through what he wants you to do. Okay, 
to what he wants you to do. So this is where it comes. Now, going to moving to the next chapter, the pressures that new Muslims face. So you've taken your shahada, and this is, let's so, um, <clears throat> imagine the time when you took shahada, or you've seen someone take shahada. I'm not sure. How many new Muslims do we have online right now? Can you just type, please? I just always like to know if there's any new Muslims. If there's none, then just, I'm sure you've seen shahadas and you've seen people becoming Muslim. Okay, so there's a few Muslims. Okay, good. <clears throat> so for those new Muslims, just go back to the time you've taken shahada. Mashallah. Just go back, remember, take take a minute with me, okay? I want you to, I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it. I want you to go back to the time that you've taken shahada, when you said, ashhadu, you know, someone told you, repeat after me, right? That's what they say. Repeat after me. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, right? Maybe they told you, no, 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 uh, make it correct. I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his final slave and messenger. And all of a sudden, takbir, Allah Akbar, the tears, the hugs, the love that you feel, right? The I guess the the relief, you feel it physically, don't you? You felt it. You felt like something was lifted from your chest, from your heart. You felt like something, some, physically, subhanAllah, you felt your body, you felt your heart beat a different way. And everyone came and lined up, maybe depending where you are, sister, brother, <clears throat> and they hugged you and wished you the best. And you felt, you know, and throughout the days coming after people, when they met you, they saw you, you're a new Muslim, you're a new Muslim, right? So, but then the next day comes. This is where I want you to focus on. I hope you felt or refelt that, <laughs> that experience. <clears throat> it's beautiful, right? It's the best day. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. It was the best day. I think, definitely the best day in our lives. Yeah. So, but what happens tomorrow? Today, new Muslim, good, shahada. What happens tomorrow? You go home, back to reality, back to the real world, <clears throat> and. Shaitan tells you that, have you done the correct choice? Are you sure? Are you sure about it? Right, the waswasa starts, the whispers. <clears throat> and um, in your heart, you're like, oh man, that's true, have I done the right thing? And if that's not good enough, then your family joined the, joined the bandwagon, friends and so on, they find you become Muslim? What's wrong with you? Crazy? Don't you see what they do? Blah, 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 blah. I'm sure you guys all know the whole thing. <clears throat> so you experience maybe doubts for the first time in your life. 
and your heart is shaking sometimes. Could be sooner, could be later, could be next day, could be maybe a year, depending. Could be after meeting someone, could be a could be a missionary, could be a family member, could be something you read on stupid line, on social stupid media, you know, where people love to live their lives. <clears throat> so it causes you to unnaturally move now through Islam in a different pace, followed by doubts, followed by struggles. If you haven't, and I would like to know, because I haven't met one Muslim yet who hasn't doubted his faith at the first few years. <clears throat> like serious doubts. <clears throat> and the problem is, brothers and sisters, that we don't like to talk about, you know, I don't know, the Muslim community, in general, and we're talking about the Muslims, forget about the non-Muslims, the non-Muslims have the same problems and worse. The Muslim community does not want to talk about some of these things. If you've never had any doubts, no problems, no issues, alhamdulillah, then may Allah bless. You are blessed. So just keep thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Keep thanking Allah. Because the worst thing you want is to have those pressures on your back and to have those doubts and those weaknesses. You, you don't want that. Okay? So, say Alhamdulillah. But if you're like myself and the majority of the new Muslim, you've suffered quite a lot in the beginning. And the next few years, the choices that you made, um, the choices that you've made following those doubts are mostly because you want to protect yourself from those doubts. You want to make sense. You want to make sense of your new identity. You want to make sense. It's simple, right? So God is one. Pay attention to me, right? Because you need to have some kind of a safety net that you can fall back on. God is one. There's no if, ends, and buts about it. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that Allah exists because, I mean, just look around, man. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand, to look. And that's why when you read through the Quran, Allah SWT is most of the time asking us to look around. Right? Indeed, indeed. Creation of heavens and the earth and the alteration of day and the night there are signs for people who think. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, look, look, observe, think. Is he saying, look at this miracle? Is, everything is a miracle. The way the sun rises and it sets, the way everything has been created. And yourselves. So I don't think with 100% I can say that whoever doesn't believe in God, Sorry, is a loser because it's like saying that, you know, here's a, a mobile phone. And I said, no, it's not really a mobile phone. I think it's a cow, you know, because it's like it's so apparent. Everything points towards the fact that this is a mobile phone. 
but yet you are refusing to accept it. Everything points towards that. But you say no. This is, I think it's a cow. Everything points towards the existence of Allah. Everything in this world. Read the Quran, brothers and sisters, please. Don't let one day pass by without having some interaction with the Quran. And think, think. So there's no doubt about it, okay? The problem comes with other things when you move on through the daily lives and doubts and so on. So let us start now with outlining some of the pressures that you face. And I'd say the first pressure that you face, as I told you, is the pressure from shaitan to leave Islam. That's the first thing that, that's the first thing that happens to any person is that the shaitan will pressure to leave Islam through doubts, through problems, through whatever comes, but mostly through doubts. You're questioning yourself. You're questioning your choice. You're questioning, is Prophet Muhammad the real prophet? Is, <clears throat> is the Quran really the word of God? And other shayateen join that because shayateen min al-ins wal-jinn. They are devils from human beings and from the jinn. It's not just the devil. You understand? <clears throat> so that's the first pressure. The shaitan will pressure you to get out through all kinds of different things. He'll tell you, get out, go. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Brothers and sisters, many, almost as much as half, if not more, of so-called reverts or converts, they leave Islam within the first year or two years. If you don't believe me, do a bit of research. There are some statistics now. If you don't believe me, then look around yourself for some of the Muslims that you've seen, you Muslims, converts, whatever, when they take in Shahada, where are they now? Do you see them? <clears throat> do you see them coming to the masjid? Do you see them around? Are they contributing to the ummah? Are they contributing to your society, wherever you are? And the resounding answer is a big no. Most of the time, they're not. Okay, which confirms what I'm saying. Brothers and sisters, doesn't matter. Okay, most, a lot of the people will leave Islam. I mean, we can have another seminar maybe as to why and what we can do about it, but a lot of the people leave Islam. So the first pressure that you have to deal with is shaitan. He's telling you, leave. What's wrong with you? What, what kind of choice have you made? Okay. What kind of choice have you made? It's a bad choice, a wrong choice. How do you overcome that really fast? How do you overcome it? You have to, have to, bro. You've reached, brothers, you've reached Islam by the blessing of Allah. Allah has guided you. Don't think for one minute that somehow you had something special. Allah knows whether there was something special. Allah knows whether he has chosen you for a reason. Whatever it is, he's seen your heart, what was inside of it, and has chosen you. But <clears throat> you've done a rational choice you've it's your choice you've accepted it you've been presented with the truth and then you accept it okay so 
rationalize the fact that this is the truth. Allah is the one. The Quran is the word of Allah. You have to have some kind of safety net to protect you <clears throat> when the other pressures will come. And we'll talk about that. But the main pressure is that, the pressure of doubts. It is a ton of bricks on your back. And to be honest, ignorance is bliss. A lot of people have not sought um, knowledge in Islam, sometimes they're quite safe because they're kind of like, yeah, they understand the basic, God is one. I don't believe in the Trinity or whatever, Hinduism, whatever I was before. I believe, of course, Prophet Muhammad is a messenger, he's a good person. And then you kind of just go on through life in a good way, alhamdulillah. And, you know, there's different levels of knowledge, right? And I would say that a lot of times these people are very, very safe because they're kind of like just kind of ignorant, not in a negative sense necessarily, but they just don't have too much knowledge and they're fine with it. And this is their personality and they move through life. And inshallah, they're quite okay and everything's fine. But they're not really contributing to this ummah whatsoever because they don't have the power. Knowledge is power. For those who go beyond that and they seek knowledge and they, you know, they start getting into debates and explaining to people about Islam, there might be a big challenge okay, to their iman uh, intellectually. And I do a course uh, you know, called Fighting Intellectual Apostasy. Defense against disaster. When we talk about that, like, you know, what are the arguments that people use against Islam to convince new Muslims and Muslims to leave Islam, right? So putting all that together, you have to, have to understand and rationalize and have this proof for yourself that, <clears throat> that you are on the truth. You have to convince yourself, man. You have to, for your own psychology, that this is the truth. You have to have some extent, a safety net, an, an ayah, something, a miracle from the Quran, from Islam, something, even if it's general, to hold you in the field of Iman, in the sphere of Iman. Once you've done that, you can always come back to that, no matter what, if you're confused, if you have issues, you're always gonna fall on this, even this basic safety net, okay? For me, is the Quran is the word of Allah. I know 100% beyond the shadow of any, any doubt that the Quran is the word of Allah. It is the miracle. There's no, I've read many books. I've read many religious books. I'm, I've seen all the philosophy. There's nothing like Islam. Islam is the best, tops everything. By far, the Quran is by far the perfect, most perfect. So when I keep that in mind, even just that basic rationality, when I have seen everything else and I see Islam, the Quran, no matter what anyone says, even if I don't understand it, even someone say, hey, look at this ayah. What do you say about that? You see, do you think the Quran is perfect? Even if I don't understand, I will say, you know, I don't think I understand. I'm not going to question my faith because I know Know that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. If you look at even just the single concept of Tawheed, if you look at its definition and what it means in Islam and outside of Islam, other religions and philosophies that claim to have Tawheed, you will find that nothing comes close to Islam, to the perfection of Islam defining Tawheed. So when you understand, you rationalize that I'm like, I'm doing Maybe I don't know anything or everything. Maybe I'm 
ignorant, maybe whatever it is, yes, I'm not understanding it, but I know for sure one thing. This is the truth. Do whatever you want, call me stubborn. I haven't come for five, six, seven years struggling to find the truth and understanding it just to be doubtful because of one small issue. I'm comfortable. I'm confident that this is the true, the truth. So once you're there, alhamdulillah, okay? Shaitan is kind of losing hope about making you leave Islam to commit shit. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return our brothers and our sisters who have left Islam. I know many of them. I know people that have given shahada, people who prayed Fajr in the same line next to me, who are not now worshiping other than Allah. I remember a brother who used to tell me, man, if I ever, we're just kind of joking, if, he said, if I ever leave Islam, know that I'm lying. It's just because of something else. SubhanAllah, he has, he has left Islam and he's praying to Mary and to Jesus and to statues and to saints now as a Catholic. Sadly, and it started from a woman. And that's why now we're going to go into other pressures. And Inshallah, I know that there is a sister who is also joining. I know I've taken most of the time, but I wanted to make this introduction. I want to talk about the biggest struggle, which was this, <clears throat> the biggest pressure from shaitan is that of leaving Islam. Now, for the other ones, the next pressures that we're going to talk about are mostly social related. We talk about some knowledge issues as well. But most of the things are related to social aspects, the changes that come with Islam, the adjustments, the cultural baggage, and so on, that will, unless, I mean, unavoidably will, will come up. Okay? So, um, I believe if the, the administrators would like to open up now the discussion so that we can have the input of a woman as well, because I'm speaking from a man's perspective. Sisters, I'm, I, even though I am aware of the, the challenges the sisters face, okay, um, I do believe that it's important to get a, a woman's perspective as well on this, because it might be different, you know, in, on how they feel. So, I guess, let's start. The first pressure that I would... I've just added uh, Sister Amanda to the discussion. Okay. Um, so she's able to interact, inshallah. And also on the on the chat, um, a lot of the uh, brothers and sisters have been mentioning some of the pressures that they've been facing. Um, so I'll hand over back to you, Sheikh, to take lead in the discussion, inshallah. Uh, Sister Amanda, are you have you joined? Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear me? Excellent. Well, Alhamdulillah. Yes, Sister. Alhamdulillah. Good. Okay, um, Sister Amanda, if you don't mind, just take a few minutes and just give me your perspective of what I've said and maybe your take on the first pressure that I was talking about that is from Shaitan for the new Muslim to leave Islam. How, what's your experience or what do you feel from the system side? Barakallah mm, First of all, I'd just like to give a bit of a background myself. I've been a Muslim for 21 years now, alhamdulillah, and... Alhamdulillah, only by Allah's mercy, I've never gone through an experience of um, doubting 
in Allah's existence or doubting in his oneness or doubting in the prophecy of the, of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu With myself, however, what um, I had issues with because of societal issues and societal pressures, there was isolation that came along. And subhanAllah, the shaitan tries to take us away from our deen by isolating us in many ways. It's not necessarily through doubting our iman, but in doubting in the ummah, in the community of Muslims. And, you know, Islam is not a religion that can be practiced in isolation. It is a communal. It is, it is it, you need the jama'ah, the, 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 the congregation, in order to truly practice your Islam properly. And so I think that this is something I would, you know, extol on my brothers and sisters if you are struggling, find your jama'ah, find your group of Muslims that you can adhere to. None of them are going to be perfect. <laughs> this, is, this is one thing, you know, we, 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 we complain about other Muslims all the time. SubhanAllah, we're not perfect, they're not perfect. But it is far better to be with a group of imperfect people who are striving than to be isolated on our own trying to be perfect. Because we will never be perfect. Um, and then another thing when you were saying, brother, about the, um, the whispers of the shaitan and to stick with the Quran and, and you know, try to remember the Quran. And, and I would add to that your prayer because the Prophet ﷺ said that what, the, what stands between a man and kufr and shirk is the salah. You know, if you grab nothing else after your shahada, grab onto your prayer with both hands as best you can. And that is your protection. That is your shield from kufr and from shirk, inshallah. That's, that, that's a great point, of course. <clears throat> Salah is uh, definitely something that uh, helped me, no doubt. And I think I started praying right away. Um, didn't pray all the five prayers from the beginning, but um, to some people it's a struggle because of the change in, uh, in scheduling and timing. And uh, also one of the pressure that I believe that it's difficult uh, for um, the new Muslim to pray is a lot of them feel that they're not spiritually connected to the salah because they don't understand arabic and they don't understand the movements they're coming from a background where they're just making dua in whatever language they can right it's just talking to god and a lot of people who give dawah fail to communicate the proper way of praying to them or to help them to learn prayer correctly it's just very ritualistic so based on my experience a lot of new muslims have an issue with that and that is why it's very difficult for them to commit to the salah because they don't feel it. And it becomes a source of a lot of pressure on them. Okay, they have to perform salah. They have to go to the masjid. Maybe sometimes the people have given them shahada. They're quite insistent on, on you know, going and picking them up, taking them to the masjid, come pray, and so on. So the new Muslim feels very pressured because they don't yet understand the importance of salah. They don't understand, they don't feel the salah. You know what I mean? So it is something that a lot of new Muslims tend to delay or uh, not do properly because I would say in the first place, it wasn't explained to them properly and they didn't feel it. But I do agree with you that if someone explains to a new Muslim how to make salah from the beginning <clears throat> and to make it meaningfully, I, I think that in that case, from what I've seen from my experience, those new Muslims are able to move through or navigate through the first few months or even years of Islam much easier than those who don't understand and those who don't have not been explained properly how to perform Salah. And I'm not talking about just about the movements and how to hold your hands and, and legs and so on. I'm talking about the spiritual part 
that a lot of the, the new Muslims, when they transition from their previous lifestyle, let's say they're Christian or whatever, they will feel some kind of an emptiness because they're not communicating supposedly with God anymore. They're just kind of like doing things with the community, as you said, right? So you go, you stand foot to foot, shoulder to shoulder, and you move in a certain way, but you don't feel it. And that can fire back. <clears throat> now, when we look in the book, books of the Fuqaha, and they explain how the new Muslim should pray, you find a lot more flexibility uh, than what we find today in our communities. Right? So, so I think that's an issue. People need to give da'wah. They have to be very careful and know how to give da'wah and what to say and how to teach a new Muslim how to pray. But I definitely believe that salah is, as you said, after your shahada, that's the next thing immediately that you should focus on to, pr to protect uh, yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think, Um Well, I, I agree. Uh, the, I you don't agree. Have to agree by the way, yeah? <laughs> Sorry? You don't have to agree by the <laughs> oh, way. Yeah? If I disagree, don't worry, I'll tell you, brother. I'm not like that. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but um, the, uh, our local masjid, we run a support group for new Muslims, alhamdulillah. And the, Where is that? Uh, this is in Cardiff, in Wales, in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. So the, the, one of the things that we try to do every year, if we can, is to run a course on Salah in order to help new Muslims learn how to pray and to get to grips with it. And I think one of the best things that I've ever been taught by um, the Sheikh who teaches it is when he says right at the beginning, what does the word Salah even mean? And he gives, you know, the linguistic meaning of it as, as coming from Salah, like Salah Rahim, where you're talking about it's the connection, it's your connection to Allah. The same way that, that you have the, 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 the ties of, you know, kinship ties and so on, it comes from the same root. And he's explaining to us that this is your five times a day where you get to actually reinforce that thread that links you to your creator. So whether you understand what you're saying or not, whether you're just literally just standing and thinking about Allah and going through the physical motions or not, you build it up step by step. But just to take that time out of your day at those appointed times in order to remember Allah and to do your best to do it how he wants you to do it. That that, that, that encourages the feeling of, of, of your God consciousness, of your, of your mindfulness of, of, of Allah and remembering him in those times. I think personally, though, one of the biggest struggles that the new Muslims face, and it's, it goes hand in hand with learning how to pray, but as you were saying, the fuqaha are quite flexible about it for the new Muslims, but is that striving for perfection instantaneously. Mm -hmm. The expectation on ourselves to know how to pray straight away, to be fasting the entirety of Ramadan, even though it's 18 hours long straight away, and so on and so forth. And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but also the community puts a lot of pressure on us. No, and these are good things that need addressing as well. No doubt. So that, that was one of my next points, actually, subhanAllah. Mm. Uh, you split it. Well, it's the, the, I think the self-pressure, <clears throat> the self-expectation where you feel, okay, I've, I've become Muslim now. I have to be like super Muslim from day one. <clears throat> now, that's a, that's a good standard and high standard to do so. And I hope that people can maintain that. <clears throat> and we don't want to, I would say that, expecting the best from yourself is, is much more important than others expecting the best from you. Because in the end of the day, it's about making sure that you're happy in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whatever other people think is not the most important thing, even though it's a pressure without a doubt. But when it comes to the personal expectation, I think a lot of people do, as you said, uh, think that, okay, I'll just start everything 100%. 
And it goes against the, the, um, the advice of the Prophet who told us to take you know, the deen slow, easy, because it's deep. And there's, you know, beware of extremes. <clears throat> and this was an advice the Prophet was giving to the Sahaba. And the Sahaba was what we need to understand. A lot of times we fail to understand that. Um, they were a community of new Muslims. They're the best example that we have when we are looking at new Muslim struggles, even though, of course, there's a few different uh, chain, I mean, differences in, in the culture, what they were faced with and so on. And they had the Prophet with them, which we don't, but we do have the Quran and Sunnah. <clears throat> but definitely um, a lot of people want to do everything from the beginning, which is nice, but, you know, it goes against the advice of the Prophet so we have to take it step by step. We have to make sure we, we don't get overwhelmed. We have to always look at how we feel and so on and continue on a journey of, of self-improvement. A lot of people think that just plateau from the first few days and just do, do everything, everything. And then after that, it's just uh, you know, down, down the drain. You, know, you kind of go down. So definitely, I think that's a very, very important thing. New Muslims have to take things slowly. That doesn't mean you shouldn't pray or you should, because that's another, that's another, you know, kind of like a, um, um, you know, a kickback that a lot of people say, okay, I don't want to push myself, you know, or don't push me. I don't want to push myself. I want to take things slow. <clears throat> and that's not what we mean. It's not that, you know, after 10 years, subhanAllah, after 10 years, some people still don't pray. After 10 years, some people still don't know how to read the Quran. After 10 years, people still are not comfortable with, you know, doing a lot of the things that Allah SWT has asked them to do. So definitely there has to be a balance in the way we move um, through learning Islam, through practicing Islam, step by step. can be too fast, can be too slow. That's for the self-pressure, the self, you know, uh, issues that we face, inshallah. So that's, that's my input on that. With regards to the, to, the, to the community, I think this is where the problem is. You know, in the age of YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, we love to see shahadas. Like shahadas is the most searched thing within the Muslim, you know, spectrum when it comes to Islamic, um, Islamic terminology on Google. People love to see com converts, reverts. They love to see YouTube videos. 90 people took shahada, 100 people, one village took shahada. Gives you this iman rush, especially the existing Muslims, the cultural Muslims. Um, I'm not insulting anyone here. What I mean by cultural Muslims, I mean like they're coming from an Islamic culture. They've been raised into a Muslim family. Uh, for them, Islam is part of their culture. And this is good. There's nothing bad with it. There's nothing negative necessarily from that. But when they see a new Muslim, they always say, one of the first things they say is, you're better than us, right? Even if it's after 15, 20 years, you're better than us. And I was telling brother, it's been a long time, man. It's been 15 years. You know, don't say that. I said, I might be worse than you. Allah knows best. But, um, you know, they, they have these high expectations that somehow we're going to lead them from the darkness into the light. You know, they're somehow we're going to be perfect. We're going to be the ones who are going to show them what true Islam is, is really all about. They always say, you guys, you guys really understand Islam because you've made this choice while we were born with it. And I say, bro, say alhamdulillah that you were born with it because you don't know the struggles that we've gone through to reach this point. So just, you know, be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what you have received as a gift, as a hadiyah. And um, the pressure increases because there's all these expectations from the community to perform, to be a leader in the community, to be a model, a role model. And hence, 
a lot of pedestals will open up for us, giving khutbah, giving lectures. It starts with the conversion story. Then people start asking you questions. And it just rolls down slowly, slowly into, you know, your new Muslims being put on the spotlight and talking and representing the Muslim community a lot of times when they don't yet have the ability and the knowledge. And it's nice. It feels nice. The attention is nice. <clears throat> and the praise, the praises are nice. But in the end, when you hit a wall, that it makes you bounce back and it hurts because a lot of times, you know, you might say the wrong thing. You've been put on this pedestal. You've been given all these, you know, avenues to express yourself and they start saying the wrong things and people start firing back. And then you're like, you realize like, what the heck is going on? And I thought I'm this superstar. I thought I'm this amazing, you know, new Muslim. I am a new Muslim. I am better than them. Shaitan is very smart in how he's going to try to play his, his, his game. So a lot of the new Muslims fall back because of that and the expectations of the uh, community. Um, Sister Amanda, what do you think about that? I think the phenomena that you're talking about, when I first became Muslim, we called it convertitis, the inflammation of the convert, basically. But um, subhanAllah, I find it nowadays to be, um, and, and to just sort of to, to bring um, another issue that, that, our, that our ummah is facing into the mix, but the issue of racism. Uh, this is a purely white convert phenomena. I've noticed in my experience, our brothers and sisters who come from Afro-Caribbean backgrounds or Asian backgrounds or East Asian backgrounds and so on, they get the opposite. They get looked at with suspicion. They get looked at with, um, I mean, they're facing, especially our Asian brothers and sisters, if they come from Hindu or Sikh backgrounds, they're facing all sorts of backlash from their birth communities. And then when they become Muslim, it's just, they don't even, people aren't even aware that they're new Muslims, maybe simply because of how they looked, it's assumed that they're born Muslims. Um, our Afro-Caribbean brothers and sisters face racism plus other forms of, of discrimination. So they're, they're, they're facing different types of struggles from within the community, whereas the white Muslims, and I don't know if this is a remnant of colonialism or whatever, but, and I'm saying this as a white convert, we are put up on that pedestal. And I, I do think it comes from the fact that a lot of people from Muslim cultural backgrounds, they, they love this reaffirmation that the people who used to colonize them are accepting their religion now. That's a very good and point. I think if we're, those of us who are, who, are, who are sincere in our love for Allah and so on and who are, who are getting rid of the, the shackles of this colonialist mindset are thrilled whenever anybody accepts Islam. But I've noticed mm -hmm. a tendency for it to be there to be more excitement if it's a white person who's accepting Islam. And then being put up on that pedestal. And this is disastrous because this, is, this destroys our humility. And it's just another way in which the shaitan plays with our minds. So that's pretty much all we could fit in, given the time restriction we have on our show. But the webinar does go on for another 10-15 minutes. If you're interested, please do visit IslamWise YouTube channel and you should be able to listen to it. And we will continue with our regular live shows from next week. We will also continue our series of New Muslim Guide that we've started we will continue from part three. And obviously, the last Sunday of every month, we have the sisters from Luton Reward Group doing their live show. Please do join us next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org? 
and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspire FM Luton.